How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Good. So good. That's Great good. Great even. Dang. That's pretty you, good. You can ask why. Sure. Why Why? Uh, why is it going great even? You might see this empty bowl here. Hmm. That's because there was food here previously, and I ate all of it. It was delicious. Nice. What kind of like food a, was it? It's like a local kind of like build your own bowl type thing, but it's instead of a like Chipotle shop. Mexican, it's more like <laughs> Asian fare. Um, gotcha. It was good. It, is it Asian fusion? I've seen that term around. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, no... No fusion, unfortunately. Okay. But I think it's better for it. I don't know mm-hmm. if I've actually been to a fusion place yet. I don't think. I know I haven't. There is a place actually by you um, that I was recommending to your wife. Um, but also, I would not mind going with y'all. But mm. uh, it combines Mexican food and Italian food. Interesting. I don't think many of them were like crossovers, like here's an Italian burrito. Right. But I'm still curious. Um it's 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 more like the Pizza Hut and Taco Bell scenario. You're not asking. Yeah, for I feel like, like they're largely pizza separate. Burrito. Yeah, yeah. But I think they did have a taco pizza, which hmm? there is a there's a religious separation between the Pizza Hut and the Taco Bell. They are ordained <laughs> separately. Um, they, they just get along. That's all it is. <laughs> it would be so cool to like be able to order both though. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I can't decide between this and that, and then you just have the option for both. The thing is, like, I feel like on on the the Taco Bell side, I could see picking up a side, an appetizer, because that's like a taco, right? Maybe maybe you want a taco, um, and you could add that in addition to a, a main entree from the Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how you buy something primarily from Taco Bell and then you throw in something from Pizza Hut. You're like, I want a different soda or something. Do I yeah. want like the worst wings in existence? Like, what are you what are you gonna order? I haven't ordered from Pizza Hut in so long, but I have to imagine it's just like pizza breadsticks, wings, very much mm-hmm. like Little Caesars. Yeah. Um, I miss Little Which, Caesars, actually. There's one not that far from us. We went once just to 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 show uh, Mango what Little Caesars is like because she's never been there. Oh, she's never experienced the hot and ready pizza? She had not, yeah. Ooh. And so we got that and um, they have some like absurd dessert things like they have like mini brownie pizzas and stuff like that like and it's clearly where it's where all their money comes from (laughs) (laughs) because they the hot and ready at best breaks even (laughs) you get like a layer of something that could roughly be described as pizza crust uh sauce that may or may not have tomato in it but it looks like it does and then like cheese food product (laughs) and that is the pizza (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember them being amazing. I actually really, back when at the time, must have been like 12 or 13, I really liked their wings. Because mm-hmm. they were actually meaty and not breaded. Hmm. Um, the sauce is pretty standard, like, oh, it's a pretty runny buffalo sauce. Okay. But like, yeah. that's what I wanted and all I knew. Um, yeah. So it still hit a nice spot. I think that that can, be, that can be fair. I actually have a really, I have a very fond memory of um of little caesars back when i was in community college over in uh, in washington state because i had a friend who um he was my friend at the time met him at church and uh we had like no money but we could pool five dollars together to buy a pizza and split for lunch and it was just like that was it that was just lunch it was just the pizza mm-hmm. um it is poverty dining and it was it was excellent. It's freaking excellent. I, I do miss like pooling your money to go get something at a store as a mm-hmm. youth. Our main thing was typically going to Redner's, which is down the road from my house growing up. Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, oh, they had a, a two foot hoagie is a classic for anybody who's not familiar with Redner's. Um, or we typically get like some degree of Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. I remember the one time when like the three new flavors came out. Um, one was like America. Another one was not quite Baja. Yeah. And there's like a cherry one. But I went with two other people and we all got 
a different flavor. Hmm. And then like we we just took it outside. We sat at like the bench right outside the store and we uh, all cracked one open. We were just like passing them around and being yeah. like, oh, I like this one the best. That was something that like I didn't experience a ton of, but I got like a little bit. It was like the just kids outside with snacks or whatever um leaning on something or sitting on something just like hanging out yeah um it's just the i'm outside pretty... not at home so you just like sit on cement you're like hey, i'm with friends whatever yeah yeah it was cool it was definitely cool um can i share with a different you time? <laughs> one other food update sure i have recently come into the acquisition of through my own money a rice cooker <laughs> nice it's it's a little one and then i also got like a special draining sieve for it so i can rinse the rice um i don't know if i did it correct the first time it did still it did come out as rice that's good um but this is a shorter grain rice um so i need to get used to that and i'll probably play around with the water levels a little bit mm-hmm. um, i tried exactly what was recommended and it fucked up so maybe it's on me maybe it's on them but right yeah, if, if the rice cooker is, like, messing up rice, then I don't know that much about them, but I know that they're supposed to be easy mode, so... Um, it has one button, yeah, so right. it's really up to the, the, button just says rice. the ratio of <laughs> rice and water uh, in there. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's definitely been value for us, our, our, our rice cooker. I don't know how proficient mango is of cooking rice generally. Um, but I never will because we have a rice cooker and it's so convenient. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's again, it's that matter of convenience. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can cook pasta, but like it takes time and I don't want to work. It's nice to just like set it and forget it, which is like crock pots are so nice for that. You're like, Oh yeah. Meat in here. I'll come back later or sous vide or where you can't burn stuff. Um, because there's so many times I will start swimming in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, it's on low heat. And I'll definitely come back for it. And then I walk away. And then I come back to it burnt. Because it was longer than two minutes. Uh-huh. Never leave an active stove. That's good advice, yeah. It is really good advice. And I don't always listen to it. <laughs> or just get a very loud alarm. That's that's the other thing. Or a loud stove, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, get a fire detector, right? Like there's there's all of these ways to to really know when something's done. <laughs> How to avoid fire. Get something that tells you that fire's happening. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, that's fair. Um I haven't had too much in the way of fancy food recently, but sometime last well, I guess this month, I had ordered uh some some Jersey mics. Mm-hmm. and they were taking a while to prepare it because they were behind on orders and i think i waited like i don't know maybe like eight minutes or something like that sitting down for a mobile order and they're like all right that's enough you've crossed the threshold here is your food and here is a piece of paper that entitles you to like a free regular size hoagie like within the next 30 days no purchase necessary and i was like I was pretty much fine, <laughs> right? Like, like I don't, I don't care. Eight minutes is not a lot for me. But, but while I'm here, yeah, <laughs> spin three sixty slaps the coupon down. Uh-huh. I would like that hoagie. <laughs> well, I, I oftentimes, um, mango generally gets a regular size, so that's probably for her. But I'll get like a giant size, mm-hmm. which is, it's, it's very large, um, which is good because they cost like. or something like that. Like it's a lot of money, but it's enough hoagie for two meals. Um, You literally can just divide it in twain and be like, here is my roughly foot long sub for lunch and my roughly foot long sub for dinner. Oh, Um, because normally I do like two really long open phases Mm -hmm. and I just kind of like lean it and try and angle it Uh, into my mouth and then kind of like shake all the food in. It just and then take little bites of the bread as I go. Right. It's just Tony Hawk pro skater music plays is salami and stuff like that. Travels down the gullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I wouldn't choke on the first piece of shredded lettuce. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just die immediately. You know? Um anyways, I got the coupon for that, and that's gonna be that's gonna expire the fifteenth. So sometime I'm gonna have to bra- brave the twenty degree temperatures to leave the house and pick that up. I'll come over and, <laughs> and help you eat it. 
<laughs> that's fair we should that we should actually i should invite you over uh they usually get the classic italian it's pretty good um now question i i know we've talked about hoagies here before where do you stand for like the jersey mics versus something like primos i mean i do think that primos is excellent i would probably be getting primos if it was closer um but i don't think that there's one anywhere near me i feel like it's like 30 or 40 minutes to the closest so, so by me then <laughs> pretty pretty much by you yeah um so one of them has a leg up in the competition fair but i definitely wise, wouldn't drive 40 minutes for like a lunch option yeah no um taste wise i really did like primos though i think they would they would definitely come out on top but same for me but i've only had jersey mics once and it was like a year ago um would definitely <laughs> give it another shot I think I mentioned here, but the the context for why I'm fine with Jersey Mike's is like I was fine with Subway for a very long time. It wasn't until the price of food went up by like 20% that I was like, this is no longer worth it at all. The taste wasn't the deal breaker for me. It was the taste in combination with the price where I was like, ah. You charged me how much to eat this trash? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. It's like it's like I'm a raccoon who can no longer even afford my own garbage, right? It's mm-hmm. just, jeez. Oh, um, it's better now though. The sandwich options. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of sandwich options, sure. This is me doing a Jake segue. Okay, right. <laughs> so uh, I actually put this one at the top of the news. So I, I compiled a bunch of news things. We'll see what we get through and what gets uh, vetoed here, but some of them are fun. Uh, this was fun e ironically, maybe not funny, funny in an intellectual way, but like how dare we actually put down money for a game knowing that it would come to Game Pass like a month or two later. Remnant 2, I think it was today as of recording, came yep. to Game Pass. Um, how how offended are you? A little. Like, it, I think it's a perfect candidate for a Game Pass game. Um because like like we said in the episode, it, I enjoyed it enough, but like I don't feel like I'd ever go back to it. I'm not gonna have like a oh my god, remember when this happened? Or talking right. about PvP experiences or anything else where I would something like a Dark Souls mm-hmm. uh, or a, more of a Souls like. And also like it was fifty dollars as a, a new game, mm-hmm. and there were already too many games in this past month or two. Whereas like I I haven't picked up Alan Wake two yet. Because yeah. I've been buying too many games. I'm trying to just chill for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now I have to like not watch a donkey video so I don't get spoiled. Like I'm, I, I will wait. say I will say you can watch the donkey video. I watched it and if he spoils anything, he spoils it in a donkey way. Because this is the premise of the video, is he is describing the plot of Alan Wake 2, which you would think like, oh, that's a spoiler. But no, it's so convoluted that it's actually not a spoiler, <laughs> and it's just funny. And it's kind of like some of his old, his, his his older videos that were mm-hmm. like that. I think he had another video that was like that, where he's explaining the plot of some game, and it was just rambling. He just starts nonsense. making up stuff as he goes. Yeah. yeah, it's just like none of this. I like one of the one of the top comments on the video was like, um, "You can." What's funny about this is you can actually tell that Donkey understands the plot <laughs> of Alan Wake, but. Uh, it's just so chaotic that you know this is how it comes out. So, paraphrase the fun, the the comment was funnier. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, okay, harder question: Would you have bought Remnant Two if you know knew it was coming to Game Pass at the end of November twenty twenty three? I think for our specific group of you, me, and Ian, if we all agreed to like, hey, we will play it together, um, and we're fine waiting. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine to wait. But yeah. if people were like, hey, let's do it now, I still would have done it now. Because for me, it's very much a... I liked it as a squad game. Yeah. More mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, yeah, it's not an yeah, exciting yeah. answer. I still but stand I by it. Yeah. Fully agreed. Um, but that's kind of just the nature of... There's so many games that I own that I could play, and there's so many games that are live service games or whatever that I want to play. And then, you know, occasionally I buy like a million copies of uh, I'm just going to jump to the next news thing. Lethal Company, (laughs) which technically I'll admit it now before the before people crucify me in the comments did not come out 
um, in the month of November, but it was very close. It was the end of October and it wasn't big then. So that's true. It's definitely popped off more in November. See a lot of stuff on Twitch and whatnot. But I've I've spent more on Lethal Company than I did on Remnant Two for sure. <laughs> like I've bought five or six copies, I think. So. Oh yeah, it's true. Thank you, by the way. Um, <laughs> no problem. I'll, I'll do it formally. But yeah, that's um, been like a fun little thing. Mm-hmm. I was actually supposed to play with some people the other night, but I never got a message back. So, <laughs> granted, they asked me like twelve hours prior. I'm like, yeah, I should be around. Uh huh. Nada. Um. But I would like to do that more with some people. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we can like merge groups uh, and just mess around. You know I don't want one? to do like the 13 person one. <laughs> okay. I feel like that many people screaming would get on my nerves. Uh-huh. But I would like to play more. What's very funny is I almost interrupted you with being like, you know, there's a mod that can let like 13 yes. people play at the <laughs> same time. <laughs> on Wubby's stream, I watched uh, him do that with a bunch of people. I would it was say fun I as a spectator, but like yeah i don't think that we could get 13 people together unless we like uh we we tapped our extensive podcast listenership um and that just seems like chaos right like we just max out the 40 people instantly so with our standard group we're usually you know maybe there's one or two people extra i could see playing with like six I, I think it would that. be fine with like six but i agree as soon as you have like double the player count like eight and above um it's just a bunch of people running from monsters that are kind of just like spawn killing sort of it's just it, it's just a, it's a clown clown fiesta is all it is yes very entertaining to watch but uh a different game entirely uh, i don't actually think there's much more to say on lethal company <laughs> because the game doesn't have that much to it i think we already talked about it a little bit and um if you were playing if you were going to play it you probably are already playing it or have played it it is definitely a flavor of the month type game yes uh i still think it's like nice for like a little spin-up party thing mm-hmm. um but we'll, we'll see where it goes i assume they'll add some extra content or dlc type things hopefully yeah. free lc actually just kind of adding on to the game yeah oh you mentioned free lc I know that you posted uh, a news thing. We can get to that in a second, but I'm going to actually, I'm making up for the earlier segue. Um, our favorite free LC game, Vampire Survivors, is going to have another major update pretty soon. And Dave just dabbed in, in the background. He did both sides. Double dab, if you will. Um, for 1.8, it's going to have, uh, they released a, a YouTube teaser where they made some professional voice actor phonetically pronounced Lamau. Um, which is, you know, always great. Uh, but it's gonna have like a mini adventure mode and they said it's gonna have a lot of lore or something like that. Probably a joke. I can't imagine it actually will, but like side quests and stuff like that. Um, how are you feeling about that? That are you going to carve out another, another month to play vampire survivors? It won't take me a month. I'll be (laughs) efficient with it. Um, but yeah, I am looking forward to just more vampire survivors content, even if it's just like, Hey, we added a new weapon and like three achievements. I'll hop on and check it out for a little bit. It's like a nice little, I have a half hour, let's mess around in this game type thing. And it's very much a nice numbers go up. It feels good to have a build come online. And it's just a fun little game. And I like that game type. I've played way too many other ones like it. Mm -hmm. But Vampire Survivor is still like the, is my bottom bitch, basically. Mm -hmm. The OG. Yes, the OG, the best. And that, uh, like I've I've played other games in the genre as well, but like Vampire Survivors is uh, still updating so much faster than all of them. I'm like, what is going on here? Um, so I've been, uh, I guess, hot off the presses. Dave posted some news here. What am I looking at? Uh, this is I was just looking up some gaming news um, in November, and I came across this. Somebody's apparently making a lawsuit to try and sue video game companies for intentionally making their games uh, addictive and ah. this is like a lady in I don't know where uh, a southern state yeah and she's essentially her and her son are doing it together as like a joint thing um, and to me it just seems like total bullshit because mm. 
as anybody would say, like, oh, look at all these people who do not experience this issue. Um, and also, you can't really sue gambling. You can't really sue alcohol. Like, there are things you can be addicted to, mm-hmm. but it's typically not the fault of the people who are making it. Gotcha. So, so it's usually like a mental thing and some other stuff. Right. So this lawsuit is kind of coming from a like protect the children, social wellness sort of perspective. Yes. Like this is this is unhealthy behavior. Hmm. But for my it's like a three minute video where they talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, my takeaway is just a shitty kid. Um, <laughs> like like the mom tried like taking away um, the stuff for like turning off the router and like the kid was just screaming mm-hmm. and i'm like okay that's a shitty kid like yeah, i don't think it's video game addiction kid. um you return the kid you get a new one in that yes. situation yeah but also like let's say it is designed to be so addictive and so fun mm-hmm. who can i sue for masturbating right like mm-hmm. it's just a just because something is fun does not automatically make it addictive to the point of like it ruins your life sure um so whether it's food um the the word i just mentioned and i now regret it as i look mm-hmm. at jake's eyes um, <laughs> oh no i was just i was thinking of the counter argument i'm building it up you saying masturbation is fine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it just feels like it's really the responsibility of that person now mm-hmm. i know people do have addictive personalities I'm kind of in that camp a little bit, mm-hmm. but I also own my own shit. Like I know when I'm doubling down on something that I shouldn't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What yeah. was your your counter argument when to right, pop yeah, in I've here? Had, I've had a lot of time to develop this. I think. I mean, so for the most part, I agree. I especially agree from the perspective of if this is coming from protect the children sort of scenario. Always the parents' responsibility. Do not to game companies for making games that you let your children play that's that's on you uh you can't sue braveheart for letting kids see people get decapitated by a cannon uh that's on you for letting them watch it right um people don't want to say it they're like oh kids will play games regardless right like of course they'll get their hands on games whatever it's like no they won't (laughs) like do you think you think if you buy them an ipad and then put up on all of the locks uh, that they still can access all this stuff they cannot and if they do you punish them for it that's yeah, you know that that's is the thing. discipline it's, um it seems like at whatever point you realize that like i'm sure i was this kid to a degree as well where i discovered video games i wanted to just play games mm-hmm. i'll be like you gotta do your chores you gotta do your homework you gotta do your dinner mm-hmm. um also my dad was scary enough so like it's like, I should do these things. Yes. Yeah. And I you wasn't was best that bad of a kid by any means. Um, but like that authority was in place hmm. and it checked me. So I did not get wrecked, so yeah. to speak. Um, but yeah, you have to do it. Otherwise, it just keeps building into a pattern of like, let's say someone was just being like kind of low key racist in your friend group. Mm-hmm. And this happened for like weeks and months where it's like, Tony's kind of right. He doesn't usually like bring it up, but like, Mm. we're like, Hey dude, that's not cool. That's kind of like it. Right. But you're essentially saying like, Hey, this is okay enough behavior that we're willing to tolerate. Right. And Mm -hmm. then like, it keeps getting established as this is fine. I can push past this. This is fine. Um, so yeah, I think it's on the mom and the kid. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think just to, to complete my point, then this, there is some devil's argument in this. Um, I do think that if a game is marketed towards kids, they need to be careful about pushing monetization. And there's pretty much no real um, no real limitations in the industry right now for that from a US perspective. Like so I do think that maybe her maybe her lawsuit is is tort or it's frivolous or whatever. Um, but a more reputable one will come. And there'll be a time where it's like, hey, for games that are marketed towards kids, you can't do this, right? Like when it comes to YouTube, if someone swears or they put a swear in the subtitles, um, 
which you'll see on shorts sometimes. Mm-hmm. They'll literally just put it in the subtitles, even though the characters didn't say it. It's so that comments stay enabled on the video and the video doesn't get marked as for kids. Um, and that's because YouTube is concerned about what kids see after all of the nonsense that happened with like Elsa gate and things like that. Um, and so you do, you do need to be cognizant of what people are trying to like push your kids towards, uh, engaging with. But I think that this lawsuit's likely frivolous because, uh, you can just set up your kid's device to not have a credit card attached to it. Right. And then you're not going to lose a bunch of money or whatever. Um, but I don't know what that's going to look like when, once it boils out. I suspect it'll be something like cigarettes where it's like, hey, you cannot market this as a super positive thing or put like a bunch of happy go lucky spin frill on it. Um, gambling and video games will probably be cracked down on eventually. Yeah. And I think it it should be. Um, mainly because like if you're a kid, you don't have that sense of this is tangible money because they don't have a sense of money or a sense of anything. Mm-hmm. I think there's a some scale of like when you're at a certain age, you have a concept of how much money this value is worth. So like right. when you're a kid, $100 is so much money. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, that was a really good meal at a very nice place, right? Mm-hmm. For hopefully at least two people. Um, but like your, your sense of scale changes. But when you are a kid, you don't have that. And also, mm-hmm. it's virtual money, and it's not yours. Yeah. So it you don't really have that concern of spending it. You just want the cool skin or the emote. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there should be some checks and balances in place. Part of it should definitely be coming from the company to not be like, hey, wow, shiny kid, buy this thing. Mm-hmm. And the kid pesters the mom. Um, but it also is up to the parents to say, no (laughs) yeah i mean part of the the tougher thing is maybe for i i was hoping it would be a little bit better with the generation of like millennials uh and like gen z but parents being technically aware of what their kids are engaging with but i don't think that was really true across the board there's still some um some misunderstanding of you know what's being presented to their kids and then, you know, can your kids max out your credit card in real time? A lot of times the answer is yes, and people don't realize it, right? So uh, technical literacy is also part of the the answer, I think. But, yeah. This goes back to education and why it's important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And even if you didn't learn about computers in school, it's important to know what your devices are capable of, especially if you're giving them to your kids, right? So. Um. Yeah, that's a that's a fair topic. I would be surprised if this is the last we hear it. We hear we hear of that. We'll probably have a dedicated episode once legislation passes or something because they have in other countries, just not in the U.S. Right? Like I know in, I feel like it's Denmark, but I'm probably wrong. They had some legislation so that if you have loot boxes, you have to display what the percentages are to get each thing inside the box. Ah. I think Valve, like for the Dota chests or something like that, the collections at some point, um, they pretty much adopted that early because they knew it was going to be coming. And also, you don't want to split your game implementation across regions. Some people did, but if you can avoid it, then great. So now you're just like, oh, there's a 2% chance to get this ultra rare or whatever, and then all these other percentages. Um, I think we'll see more like that. Gambling's fun, huh? It really is. Um, But you know what's not fun? Is getting your game obliterated in the Steam reviews. And there's a couple games on my list that technically this could be a segue to. So I'm just going to mention one of them and then jump to the other one. Um, Nobody cares about Modern Warfare 3. But it happened. (laughs) It happened to that game. Uh, The other one is Starfield actually starfield is the one i know of um Mm -hmm. as far as reviews i actually copied it out here yeah Uh, basically people are kind of dunking on starfield for being generic and kind of bland and boring um which 
in my opinion, it's a Bethesda game. What did you expect? But their response was not exactly, I guess, taking into account the user feedback. Sure. Like, Greetings. Thank you for taking the time to leave a review for Starfield. You can fly, you can shoot, you can mine, you can loot. Starfield is an RPG with hundreds of hours of quests to complete and characters to meet. Most quests will also vary your uh, per character. So like there's so many layers to Starfield and you can do like multiple playthroughs. Uh-huh. Um, you'll find things you never knew were possible after playing for hundreds of hours, even after completing the main story, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. And it was That's just the actual response to a yeah. Steam user review, right? Just for the yes. awareness of our audience. Yeah. Um, but Which, I, want, like, I want to qualify. This is not normal. No. Publishers do not generally go onto Steam and then talk and respond to the negative reviews for their games for good reason. Because you're going to get dumpstered by other people. <laughs> yeah, right. And it kind yeah, of makes like, you seem desperate. Like you don't need... This is just PR speak, right? Like that yes. could just be an advertisement for the game. Why would you reply to someone's negative engagement with your game? with an advertisement for the game. <laughs> yeah, it's like the person has played the game. That's how they're basing their feedback and why they're providing it, right? Um, and it seems, I don't want to say tone deaf, um, but yeah, it does seem very kind of PR responsy more than anything yeah. else. It's tone deaf. are not exactly getting the thing. Yeah. And yeah, it, it should be able to stand on its own two legs and not need a community manager to come in and respond to every negative comment with like, hey, but like, Oh, so many hours of cons. Oh, uh huh. And that's the thing. Like, who are who are they actually talking to, right? Because they can't be talking to the person you left the negative review, because that person's already left the review. You know what their opinion is. They have to be talking to people who are reading the reviews, reading the negative reviews. Yeah, yeah. Like on the game, and that kind of just like it just sounds so desperate, right? It's like running to grab somebody before they leave the store. And it's like, oh, have you? are you sure you haven't checked out the stuff on aisle five or whatever? Like, the rest of the page for this game is the advertisement for this game. That's, you know, how Steam pages work. Mm-hmm. So it really just kind of makes no sense. But I, I can't help but think that this came from the fact that they pretty much have no representation at the video game awards. And... That this game, you, so you mentioned it. You were like, you know, it's a Bethesda game. Ha ha, of course, parts of it are going to be mediocre. This one's more mediocre. That's the thing, right? And that's kind of what I was circling with. I put a lot of time into the game. But, like, it does not have the staying power of Skyrim or Fallout 4. No. Or because when those games came games. out, they were kind of, I don't say groundbreaking, mm-hmm. but they were very impactful for their time as far as what an RPG was. Like, oh my God, that's really well thought out, Mm -hmm. really cool design, environment, everything. And I did not play the game. Mm -hmm. But from my uh, outside the bubble take, it looks like just another Bethesda game. It Mm -hmm. doesn't... I mean, sure, the setting's in space, but like for what the day and age is for RPGs and the options you have... It feels kind of just like, here's your generic AAA, whatever. Yeah. Would you say that that's the case as well? I, as I you actually that, have experience with yeah. those games? <laughs> yeah. Having, having put all the time into it, it's like none of the characters are interesting, really. Um, and a, a lot of the main com- characters, the companions are less interesting than just random people you might encounter for a quest. And that's that's a travesty. Um and in a lot of ways, in that respect, I think it's actually a step back from Fallout 4. And, like, the base building feels kind of half-baked. half-baked, And so many of the gameplay mechanics feel like they just played it really safe. That's what the game feels like, is they just played it incredibly safe in so many ways. There's only a few things that stand out, such as the ship customization. And you just, like, expect more, right? Because... There's nothing to really like grab your attention and be like, oh, this is something I'm really going to spend a lot of time enjoying doing mm-hmm. like Skyrim had. Right. Like you could do weapon smithing. You could do uh, max out all of your your skills for all of these spells and stuff like that. And this game just doesn't it doesn't feel like it has any of that novelty. 
And so it starts to feel really samey really fast. And them saying that they have a bajillion planets does not accommodate it because all the planets feel the same. So yeah, some this is but, one of the same yeah. struggles we've talked about with like open world games where it's like, oh, do you put a, an empty landscape or do you put a lot of these? Oh, it's an enemy encampment. Yeah. And you're like, which one? And they all feel exactly the same. Yeah. Um, which, again, going back to Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, it was a good size for what it was. Because right. um, like each of the bases were still roughly the same type of thing, but each of them were a little bit distinct in their own ways. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. Whereas I feel like with Starfield, they just put so much air quotes on the content and you can kind of just like recycle a lot of the same stuff. And it's just, I I lose interest very quickly if I don't have something novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to have something to drive me in my gameplay personally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. And it has, it does have a good... A, a couple good quests and i like some of the set piece locations where it was like um neon is like a water world that has a uh, a city uh, like of crime largely suspended above it and it's powered by lightning and that was super cool but none of that was randomly generated it was all you know specifically tailored for uh, a particular visit and doing the quest and stuff there um, and then like Aquila City was a cool place. It had this old West vibe again, hand tailored. And that's the problem is like the random stuff in the world was not nearly as compelling as, as anything else that they did. But the other problem, and this is, this is where I'll end it. Cause I could rant about Starfield for a while. Apparently um, I saw a very funny comparison between a nightclub in cyberpunk and the nightclub in neon in starfield and in starfield it's all these like these people doing these like very white basic dances and stuff like that and it's just like someone tells you in the club when you enter it's like oh this place is popping or something like that (laughs) and you're just like what what is and you look around and npcs are very obviously doing npc things it doesn't feel like it's alive at all It, it feels very much like a video game right and they compared it with the Totentas from Cyberpunk 2077, which is like a maelstrom cybered up like cyborg bar, basically with like blaring music and the smoke is thick in the air. And there's like just a crush of bodies around you and stuff like that. And it's just a completely freaking different. Vibe. Like one of these people understood what a nightclub was and the other one was developed by people who eat cheese food product. Right. Like that's that's exactly what it is. Cheese <laughs> is too spicy. Um, if the d- actual designer ever listens to this that was a joke but unfortunately at the end of the game uh, it just can't compare with how novel other RPGs are so. yeah it's again that's been my outside perspective of Bethesda Bethesda, Bethesda mm-hmm. Bethesda for a while mm-hmm. and why I will suckle at the teeth of Larry and Studios um mm-hmm who is still doing stuff for Baldur's Gate 3, apparently. Yeah, still patching it. Yeah, and one of the new patches, I guess the most recent one, did you see what they added? I didn't. They added a patch, which will add a no save scum mode, Hmm. which, if you do complete complete it that way, apparently gives you a very handsome reward. I didn't look into what it was. (laughs) Um, But I just think that's interesting, because even in our play sessions, we're not insane save scummers but we definitely have reloaded to be like oh i didn't want to actually kill off the person and you know and this entire quest line of things yeah i just summoned the big bad evil guy in the middle of the town and it killed a lot of people i didn't want to see die maybe we don't he killed somebody who was going to block off my car lock progress and i was like Uh jake fix this (laughs) (laughs) that's why we that's why we quick save i will say i take more quick saves than i actually reload because i do have a fear i've played rpgs i've been around the block i have a fear something's gonna go wrong but what's funny here is uh you mentioned that there's a handsome reward at the end of this and i'm trying to use deduction to determine what that could be because it's the end of the game so it's not gonna be a magic item or even any money or anything else in the game uh it could be an achievement but that seems very boring and that doesn't sound like a handsome reward to me so i have to assume 
they ship something to your house. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, they just check your save file. Like, oh my God, he did. Yeah, yeah, we'll send him there. <laughs> just a life-size Carlax statue for Dave. That's all it is. <laughs> hear me out. Don't let Carlock hear this, but like, I wouldn't mind if it was an Orin statue. Mm-hmm. That would also be pretty cool. I could see that. I she has the coolest design in the game for me. Uh-huh. Um, she's 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 a baddie. Let's put it that way. She's, she's a baddie. She's definitely a baddie. Yeah, she's not a good character. <laughs> Just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in other news related to degeneracy in gaming, uh, so something happened today. I don't know if or not today. This 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 last month. Um, there was a Capcom Street Fighter tournament and uh, they went to load in and the commentators were, you know, doing their standard opening commenta- uh, commentation mm-hmm. commentary. That's the word. Um, and then it only took a couple seconds before they realized that something was wrong and that something was wrong was that Chun Li was picked and was in the match. And was not wearing any clothes. <laughs> and there was a nude mod that was present when this happened. In the the commentators very tastefully mentioned that something might be wrong with like technical difficulties. And then the stream cut. <laughs> um, and it was hilarious. Hilarious to see. Um, but the news about this is, is Capcom actually like issued a response that is like concerning and i'm gonna read it i'm gonna read it verbatim okay and you can give me give me your your take on this there are a number of mods that are offensive to public order and morals when these are disseminated the image of the product is tarnished and branding is affected what do you think about that dave fuck them uh (laughs) so here's the thing right like all games are going to all media everything in the world there is such a thing called rule 34 right Mm-hmm. somebody's going to make porn of it. That's just the way the world is. I have my own page. It's a couple of pages. Mm-hmm. But it's it's going to happen, right? And if that's not for you, I understand. That's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. But also look at the design of their characters. Don't try and tell me you're not trying to make Cammy sexualized when you put her in like that, uh, I guess... The camisole. It's like a one seat. But no, it's just like a... <laughs> Why am I blanking on like a, a single article of clothing bathing suit? Uh, I'm not sure. It's it's not a... It's like a robe or something like that. <laughs> no. no. It's not a bathing suit. It's not a kimono. I've never felt more dumb. But if you imagine like a one-piece bit, like it rides so much up her ass. A lot mm-hmm. of like her stuff is like ass and legs, which again, mm-hmm. I'm fine with. Um, and they give Chun-Li like insanely thick thighs. Yeah. She's jacked. It's Um, like four times the diameter of her head. It's, it's absolutely absurd. She could cross. They're almost as big as Luke's forearms, (laughs) (laughs) which is also absurd. But yeah, like they do stuff like where they sexualize characters or make them like Mm -hmm. a certain way. Um, Does this say nothing of the feet, right? Like Street Fighter is a thing with feet for forever. And the last one is egregious. So. Yeah, like I've never seen such big knuckles on Ryu, but mm-hmm. goddamn, yeah. Uh, those and then Juri is like the new fighter and the new one, and she's oh. entirely like feet yeah, attacks yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I kind of want to call them out for like the design is there. Uh-huh. Um. Like yeah, you should probably not have nude mods at tournaments. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Hot take, but sure, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> But to come out and just be like, hey, everybody, that's super not cool and goes against public order and morals, Uh um, I think is a bit too high ground of a take. Yeah, it's very much like 1984 style, like, oh, no, uh, (laughs) we we need to censor this ASAP, right? Um, Because I agree. I mean, yeah, don't have it happen at a tournament, but I don't know. It feels like the response is very dystopic for how hilarious it actually was, right? Like, I don't yes. think this like, isn't hot coffee mod for Rockstar. Jack Thompson's lost his law license. He's not coming after you. Like, Oh, my God. So funny. Um, like, you don't have to worry about that. People realize that this is not on Capcom. And if they yeah. did think it was on you, they're dumb. 
let them be dumb it's okay like do you remember uh during what was it italian parliament mm-hmm. you oh, know what i'm talking about yeah did Squeenix come out? Did Squeenix come out and say like, right. "Hey, don't have Tifa being fucked"? <laughs> no, the they had no dog in that race, that. right? We never talked about this, but like, it, what showed up in news articles was obviously they didn't show any of the actual right. content. But what showed up in the news articles, uh, oftentimes it would be sen- it would it would be censored. Obviously, was the. Uh, that the senators or whoever the people of the parliament were, they just watched it, right? Like at no point where they like turn that off, kick that guy out, whatever. The guys are just like, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Sorry, I interrupted your point. Well, no, I was just saying like Squeenix didn't come out and speak out against that. Uh huh. Larry and sure as fuck not going to be like so many other game companies do not care because like yeah. mm-hmm. what you do with that in your own time god bless you right yeah um and people even like they use sex cells for video games obviously right we were oh just God, that yes. even for capcom but even literally like mass effect i'm gonna i'm gonna come out and say it, it basically does not actually have sex scenes like they are the most sanitized i'm just seeing a character's back nonsense mm-hmm. um but there was like Fox News controversy and stuff like that when the game came out because it's just like, oh, my gosh, this game is going to let your kids have sex with aliens and that's going to be the main point of it. And it's just an alien sex simulator. And it's like, I don't think it is. <laughs> it really isn't. And then it came out and it's like, it really isn't. <laughs> so if other people are like ain't taking that angle on it, I don't know why Capcom is pissed right like i don't think they market to kindergartners if they no, did definitely then not. i could see it but yeah yeah it's just again coming way out of left field with like the high ground take i think it's crazy yeah yeah i, I think if you're ever going to try and do a high ground take you need to be pretty squeaky clean yeah mm-hmm. for people to take it seriously at least mm-hmm um, I do have a semi-related piece of news. It really has nothing to do with Capcom. But on the uh, discussion of ludidity in video games. Um, so MGS's uh, quiet actress, uh, Stephanie, I'm going to mispronounce her last name, Justin, um, had a, a, some commentary. I believe it was on X uh, where she was talking about how the character was portrayed. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, I understand the perspective of people not as happy with how quiet was portrayed. I think the video game landscape has changed quite a lot since then. How do you feel about that? That that take, you know, I mean, not personal, obviously, for her, but just that take in general. Her take of I understand the perspective of like, hey, I hear what you're saying. I guess the second part is for me. The, the the more controversial thing saying saying like i think the video game landscape has changed quite a lot since mgs5 came out and now people are upset about it so you're you think she's claiming that things have become a little more sensitive or more aware of sexualization in video games yeah i'm probably literally putting words in her mouth but I, that was my understanding of what she said i mean it could be a take or it could mm-hmm. be an interpretation uh, the other thing could be, I mean, that was, it was made, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. Uh, uh, things are way different now. Different time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I do think quiet as, or like her outfit, sure, right? Mm. I don't care. So many of like the Metal Gear Solid games have like an attractive female character, maybe right. slightly scantily clad. Um, I will say that they're also, they do this for guys as well. Yeah, not, not as gratuitous. His name is literally Snake. So like. it's a penis. <laughs> but I do think, like, as far as like the shower scene and stuff, mm-hmm. that was just way over the top, just fan service. Yeah. Because you also have like guys watching her shower. Like, yeah. I don't know They're how else you're supposed to take that. Yeah. They're leering and catcalling, and there's nothing to the scene you're just one of the guys leering and catcalling basically from the camera perspective yes so i I would agree i think that like when people talk about like whether quiet was portrayed or not they're trying to take like too much of a highbrow analysis and they could just like watch a couple scenes with quiet and be like oh 
<laughs> right, we're, they're just sexualizing the character. Gosh, yeah. All right, that was what it was intended. <laughs> yeah, I I like Quiet's design as far as like aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I also think it's like a hot design. It seems like some cosplayers do it. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm into that. It's very cool. Yeah. Yoko um, Taro, Taro's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yoko Taro, definitely a fan. Um, but yeah, I didn't need the over-sexualization of stuff in the shower. That seems more yeah. like a mod thing or like a, I've paid somebody to make a custom video type of era, uh, realm versus mm-hmm. it makes sense within the context of the video game. Yeah. I think the thing that bothers me about this and it actually has nothing to do with what Stephanie said. Props to her, whatever her take. She did an excellent job with Quiet. Quiet is an excellent uh, character. Um, I don't know if she did the mocap or not, but voice all well, I mean, of that her, stuff. She did the mocap and like her face is mm-hmm. um, based off of Stephanie. Yeah, she did an excellent job with the character. Um, but the thing that I always kind of come back to when we're talking about Quiet in MGS5 is like they could have just had quiet dressed as she was and then not objectified her that would have been a valid take for the game and when people kind of like defend the vision of the game i don't think they realize that the game just does objectify her right it wasn't a it was a different time type thing it was just like no it just happens right like it's just a lot of the scenes in the game are specifically just you know uh related to quiet to put her in these these types of scenarios um and they could just not be there it'd be fine this is me agreeing with you in some ways directly but Mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah Uh, compare this character to bayonetta right bayonetta is entirely power and sex appeal like that is and and honestly also cool and yes. what's, the, what's the word for it? Like sass, right? That's Bayonetta, right? All yeah, of those like, words combined. Bayonetta leans into it as like, this is the character, yes. right? Um, which I think is fine to do. But in comparing it to Quiet, it's much more like, do you remember season one of Sword Art Online? This is like my favorite go-to example. Uh-huh. Um, I forget the female protagonist's name. No idea, but yeah. But in season one, she's a fucking badass compared to mm-hmm. the protagonist. She knows how to do stuff. She knows how to fight. Whereas this person's like learning and very much the newbie of the world as it is in Isekai. And then in season two, they're like, hear me out. What if she couldn't fight? What if she was a prisoner? What if she was being sexually assaulted by like tentacle monsters? Right. Uh-huh. You've taken away the agency of the character and just made her as like a helpless sex thing. Yeah. And like with quiet, like what does she do? nothing she doesn't fucking talk she doesn't interact she doesn't have like a progression you just you've taken that away from her like uh tits though yeah right no and like i would i would argue that eventually she obviously does have an impact on the plot i guess i'm not going to spoil mgs5 ending we're gonna have an episode on it eventually we're getting there um but like she's involved but so much of the game is completely unrelated to that and part of that's the development I think for me, the thing that's disappointing between here and also that sword art example, this is the, the, the common corrupt DNA between them that I think is hard to defend is like they're being insincere with their characterizations of these characters. Yes. Like quiet is that they, they literally came out and were like, you're going to feel I think I, I think it was literally said you're going to feel like guilty and shameful how you think that this quiet like this character quiet is objectified. And you play the game and it's like, oh, yeah, they just made these scenes to objectify. Gotcha. Uh-huh. I don't feel guilt at all. This You guys literally did this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Sword Art, in the same way, it's like they built up this character to be, you know, a strong, independent character capable of handling herself. And then they're like, OK, now she's just the captured princess with icky, you know, uh, essay implied risks and things like that. Uh, for the later seasons um and it's just like thanks japan but like that that's definitely i i think sword art's the more egregious example but they're both from this perspective of kind of under they undercut their own point they were trying to make with these strong characters yes um whereas again uh shout outs to Baldur's gate 3 uh the female characters in that are really well rounded and mm-hmm. cool I will say I have some biases towards some than others because um, a lot of them start out very 
hating what you're doing is stick. Um, and I wasn't about that. So I was fine to let her die. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> we lost a lot of party members. We haven't, we'll have an episode yeah. once we finish the game, but not everybody made it. But yeah, there are so many cool female characters where, yes, they're attractive, but that's not their defining feature. Yes. They do mm-hmm. other things. They're not just a sexual object. Yeah. Which is the important, the kind of the important takeaway in real life and in games is it's just like treat people as, as people. people. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Anything else on top of that is 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 gravy. But yeah, treat people as people. Um. So thank you for that tweet, uh, <laughs> uh, Stephanie. That was that was a, it gave us uh, great side content for the the episode in the discussion. Um. While we wait for that MGS5 episode, which is definitely coming. When did definitely, that game come out? A couple coming. months ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> Could have been that long. Did you see that they're going to be uh, doing another Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I guess I'm not that surprised. Sega's got to find its its money somewhere, right? That's true. I also think people watched them. I think that they actually did it's all right. It's I think they did okay. Um, I haven't seen either. I am kind of curious to see um, one or both. Mm-hmm. The third one I'm definitely tempted to see because it has Shadow the Hedgehog in it. I did hear that, yeah. And uh, I assume one person who posted this on Discord uh, said, like, I can't wait for him to have guns and shoot people. Uh-huh. I think a lot of the internet's going to be having that take as well, uh, referring uh-huh. to Shadow the Hedgehog, the standalone GameCube game, which came out after Sonic Adventure Battle 2, where he was introduced. Um so very curious to see who the fuck voices that and where that goes because yeah. he's such like an edge lordy character and I think it would be entertaining. Mm, um, it's gonna be Chris Pratt, like, <laughs> like temper your expectations. Yeah, it, Chris Pratt with a with a gruffly voice. Uh huh. Sonic, get be... over here. That'll be his Mario voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I had to, I have to obviously. It's the same thing as books or like shows or whatever. You have to wait till the th- full things out before you watch it. So I'm waiting for the Sonic trilogy, the box set, uh, collector's edition for Sonic the Hedgehog. Do you do you want to watch uh, the trilogy? Oh, I don't know if I have enough time to go through all of the Lord of the Rings. Is this extended edition or not? I really got to block <laughs> out the time. No, no, no. Uh-huh. This is Sonic. It'll be like four hours. What? Sonic the Hedgehog. What? What are you talking about? What's the trilogy? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's just funny? Oh, there's mm. there was a great joke in there, because oh, Lord, Lord of the of, Rings, uh, Rings, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. Oh, unfortunate. Uh, related to characters that Sega doesn't own, um, Nintendo is apparently making a live action Zelda movie. Why? <laughs> That's a fair question. Uh, I have no idea. Um, I guess it's because this really, I mean, Link is, is one of their big sellers now. Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild. Well, right, but they, for the Mario movie, it was super animated, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would expect them to lean more that way than to bring in actual people. Yeah. It feels very weird to do live action. Um. Also, the question is, are you going to make Link speak? Mm-hmm. Who is canonically, as far as I know, outside of the TV show, never spoken in the games. Well, he says, yeah. He makes sound effects, but like... They can get a voice actor that goes, yeah, in different tones to respond to conversation. Does Samus speak in games? Uh, I think she probably does with like Metroid, Other M, or whichever one hmm. started that. Also, Link... Link does speak because of the old PC games, right? It's like, oh, I guess excuse that, yeah. me, princess. Um, which I hope that's the attitude they go for. Just a, a very sarcastic, obnoxious, childish Link. Um, as much of Breath of the Wild Link is like, he's got great characterization. Um, it'd be very funny if they just went for crappy, crappy PC game. Do you think if they, I mean, obviously they're planning to make this movie. Do you expect them to kind of go over an existing game story, like going back to Ocarina or something? Or do you expect it to be like a new thing that then they'll be like, hey, did you enjoy the movie? We're going to make a game based off that. Yeah, I'd expect the first more than the second. 
I mean, so when I was looking this up, that was one of the big questions people were asking is like, is this going, where is this going to fit into the Legend of Zelda timeline? Mm -hmm. Because for the uninitiated, it's like, it's very chaotic and it has like alternate paths that are both canon where it's like, oh, here's what happened if Link died in Majora's Mask. And here's mm-hmm. what happened if he survived. And you're like, okay, well, that's just a fan theory thing, right? And then it's like, no, no. Nintendo actually made games that exist in both of these timelines. So I think trying to place it on that is insanity. <laughs> um, their best bet, especially if it's live action, is probably sticking to one of the classical formulas. Um but I, th- I do think that some of the ones that are more adventurous could be could be kind of interesting. Like Majora's Mask. If they did Majora's Mask, it would be like awesome. But they're never going to do that. Um, yeah, that'd be a little bit much, I think, for a general audience. And that one also literally relied heavily on time travel. And I'm not a huge fan of time travel in like actual TV shows because <laughs> it's just cheating. I mean, Majora's Mask has some banging music. It does. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just always very wary of something that is traditionally animated going to live action, mm-hmm. aka all of the anime stuff they've been doing on Netflix. Um, yeah. For me, it feels so far removed. And because it was initially done animated, it's hard to remove that animation and make it more realistic. Like it yeah. loses some of its charm in a way. Um, I heard a lot of people did enjoy the one piece one piece adaptation, which by the way, that's the name of the swimsuit I was looking for 20 minutes ago. A one, one piece. Yeah. Fucking A. The one piece is real. Um, <laughs> but like for me, like I've seen maybe some clips of One Piece and I've seen clips of the show, and I don't think it translates. Right. Um But that's just my take. I think I think that's fair though. I mean, in the same way, I feel like people who like read books and then they make movies based off those books, it's a little easier in some ways to adapt that. But if you played like a video game, especially like Legend of Zelda, you've imposed your personality on Link, right? After Tears of the Kingdom, we know that Link is a sadistic Korok murderer, right? Like he's building crosses, he's burning them like with Koroks in the middle. It's it's absurd. The guy's insane. He's un- unhinged. And he says nothing the entire time, which makes it so much more intense. Um, but jokes aside, like Link is such a self-insert childish hero, literally the hero's journey, the character. Um I almost I, I kind of wonder, right? I kind of wonder how they can how they can take it, because if they make it a voice character, whatever personality they come up with is going to be com- directly conflicting with a bunch of uh, people across the ages that have played Legend of Zelda. Right. So. Yeah. I also for anybody who's in that situation, like obviously, if you're an actor, actress to get a major role like that. So fucking cool. Right. It's your breakout mm-hmm. thing. Everyone remember that. But the opposite side of the coin is so many people have built up that image of what they think the character is that Mm -hmm. I don't think you can ever truly match up to everybody's stuff. And unfortunately, the Internet is a very toxic place uh, where people will just like dunk on them regardless of how they do. Um, So, yeah, it is very tough shoes to fill, I think, for that reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a little elf boy, and it's still going to be very tough. But I don't know. We'll see how it is. I haven't seen the Mario movie, so I guess I'm not really even up to date on the Nintendo catalog. Um, and we'll see. You know, don't want to disqualify it before it before it drops. But I'm probably going to stick with the games if I were to <laughs> if I were to guess. Um, every time I hear of live action, it scares me a little bit. I know of like Korra and I like all this other nonsense that's come out. So um, actually that one wasn't even Korra. That was just Avatar the last Airbender. It was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to correct you. I was like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but they would, they would, they would ruin it. They would ruin it. They would for sure. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave the audience with uh, your, your feedback on this last piece of news. I know this one particularly pertains to you. 
Um, so I wanted to make sure we didn't miss it. Uh, I'm just going to read it verbatim from the page, from the news news source. Um, and you give you tell me what you think of this. Self-described gay furry hackers breach one of the biggest nuclear labs in the United States and demand it begin researching IRL cat girls. I mean, I can't disappoint Mango here. I, I'm team cat girl. Um, we should be researching this. That's fair. And that's what we leave you with. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Soapstone. As always, you can send in your feedback, news articles, breaking news, or requests for new episodes to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you could join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Yeah.